that big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! This is Rhett from the Cannon Fire Podcast, and I am so excited to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, the East Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are a Florida nonprofit organization sponsoring youth cheerleading for ages 5 to 15 and full contact football teams for ages 5 to 14. Right now, registration is open and teams are looking for athletes and cheer coaches. Register now, but hurry, teams are filling up fast. Climb aboard and join the crew. Fire the cannons and go Bucks. You know, when they saw me. The things that I said, they saw by my actions. I backed up my words with my actions. And as I said before, I firmly believe in treating people how I want to be treated. Whether you were the first round draft pick or a rookie free agent, I treated you with the same respect because I commanded the same respect. Derek is a special man. If I didn't even know him as a football player, he'd be, it'd be someone you would want to be friends with, would want someone to be around your family, your children, and someone to look up to. And as a person, he's just unbelievable. And then add in his qualities as a football player, just make him truly spectacular. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. This is episode 55. We'll call it the Derek Brooks edition. How you doing? Welcome back to the show. If you're listening, you can watch us with video on YouTube. You can listen on iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, and of course, Podbean.com. If you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. Evan, how you doing today, man? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, things have been picking up in the world of Bucks news. Uh, I think... This is the time of year, as we have said a couple of times on the on the last few shows, is things tend to slow down, but I think we're at the point now where these guys are getting back into the building. We're starting to hear a little bit more feedback about how our rookies are doing, how some of the guys doing in practice, uh, and it's an exciting time of year. So things are really picking up, minicamp just getting started, but we've got some really important news that I wanted to open up with. Now, last week on the show, we had opened up with the news that Jason Pierre-Paul was in a single-car accident. He was not injured, released from the hospital. He's good to go. We'll see him in practice in a week. A couple days later, turns out that's not the case. So the JPP injury is far more serious than we thought it was initially. Uh, It turns out after receiving several opinions, it's pretty much a a fractured vertebrae, excuse me. So Bucks pass rusher Jason Pierre-Paul is going to proceed with the non-surgical option, uh, which is probably the biggest development out of this, because either way, when the news broke, every headline basically said Jason Pierre-Paul could have suffered a season-ending injury. There were a lot of different reports, a lot of different opinions being tossed around about what's going to happen with Jason Pierre-Paul in the upcoming season, but now we know he's going to take the no-surgery route, which means... I don't want to say there's a possibility he can play as soon as October, but I mean, at this point we might see him in a Bucks uniform come sometime in the season. Right. But either way, a bigger loss than we had, uh, a bigger loss than we had intended. But Evan, I mean, what do you make of all this, man? Well, I mean, definitely everything we expected. It was 
this guy was going to be here and just do a minor fender bender, a basic one, and it was done. And uh, it was told it wasn't as serious as Kendall Beckwith. And, I mean, clearly it's still. It's very serious, but it's clearly not as serious as Kendall Beckwith uh, was, as we'll get into uh, in a little bit. But yeah, um, definitely a shock um, when, when you heard that, that news. Uh, there's a lot of different reports out there. Uh, the, the exact car he was driving, the time he was driving, where he was driving. Um, and yeah, I, it's not good, obviously. Yeah. Man, uh, the Bucks, who are going to be lacking a, a pass rusher, um, they're lacking pass rush already. Yeah. This is the best one for at least the first month of the year. Like, yeah. that, that's the first four or five games, he's not going to be there. And, um, with, with JPP going down as well, you know, one of the big names that really seems to stick out about who's going to have to step up into that, into that position is, of course, going to be Noah Spence. So mm-hmm. we're going to have to see him basically kick ass in camp. And as, as Coach Arians put it, he said we're going to have to see him on tape. It's hard to judge a practice at the end of practice. You have to judge mm-hmm. a practice on tape is exactly what head coach said. So let's hope he can get in there and, and step it up. But a little more about this JPP thing. You had said that there were a lot of different reports, a lot of things changing about the car he was driving, the time of day. Basically, what it came down to was he was by himself, if last I remember it. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Um, but he was in a red Ferrari, and he had a collision with a barrier at like 2.30 in the morning. So, of course, the questions then come in from anyone and everyone saying, what the hell is he doing out at 2.30 in the morning, joyriding in his Lamborghini when he probably had something to do at one buck the next day. And I'm not going to sit here and take jabs at him because of it, but I don't know, man. I'll leave it at this. I don't think anything good happens on the roads after 2 a.m., especially in Tampa and the way traffic gets down here. Yeah, well, I don't really have that big of a deal with it um, unless he was in- intoxicated or on, on a substance. Uh, right. then, then you got a problem with it. But, I mean, if, if he was sober um, – and, you know, not on anything, and it just so happened, just he was riding, you know. I mean, I think we've all been out around, you know. Like, you say not to, but 2, 2.30, like, you've, you've been out and stuff. So, yeah. um, maybe, you know, he was going to get something to eat after a late night or whatever, driving home, and just so happened um, to get a, a, a bad break and another bad break for this Bucks team. Uh, as you said about Noah Spence, not only Noah Spence, but Carl Nassib and the main guy, Shaq Barrett. Yeah. Shaq Barrett now in line for a starting job across from Carl Nassib. Um, that's huge for him, and it's it's going to be a lot more playing time. And it would, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what kind of year Shaq Barrett has. Because it seems that I believe that he might have had other I – not, I have not heard this, but I just – think that he might have had longer term deals on a table um for maybe a little less money maybe a three-year deal for like three million dollars or something and then he took the tampa deal for a little bit more money but one more year and i feel like he's he's really betting on himself here um yeah i i feel like he he knows and thinks that that he can he can be productive and i i mean you hate to see a guy just beer fall go down but one goes down, the other's got to step up. So exactly, could be uh, Shaq Barrett could definitely be that guy. So oh yeah, uh, but yeah, big 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 loss for the Bucks. And yeah, I I don't think you'll see Pierre Paul at all in October. Maybe in in mid to late November, but that's probably at best. 
Yeah. Next man up, definitely the mentality right now. So for a guy like Shaq Barrett, Carl Nassib, another name you had thrown out there. And don't forget, uh, six foot seven, Andre the Giant, Anthony Nelson that we had just drafted. Um, he may have a chance to get his chops dirty in there as well. But let me say this before we forget. Uh, we had brought up Kendall Beckwith recently. And Kendall Beckwith, his car accident, again, much worse than we had initially thought uh, he was put on the non-football injury list, which basically means he's not going to play this year at all. So two years in a row, we haven't seen Kendall Beckwith, and that's a shame. It, it really is a shame because a younger guy like him, we had seen him flash before. He was a pretty talented player, and I was very excited about having him back there, especially with you know drafting Devin White. The anticipation was, let's get Levante David, Kendall Beckwith, Devin White. You build a new linebacker core, and it's going to look great. Unfortunately yep. for Kendall Beckwith, things were just not in the cards for him. So very, very unfortunate uh, about he, that. His career doesn't look too promising either. Um, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me that uh, at some point during the next six months or so, maybe he announces some sort of retirement. Um, I'm not saying it will happen, just saying it wouldn't surprise me. Also, Kevin Minther, who wore 41 last year, uh, he's now taken 51, which was Kendall's number. So that's a, a big indication that, Beckwith ain't going to be playing anytime soon um, yeah. when the dude takes it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a really tough break. He was a, a solid, yeah. not, not the, the flashiest rookie, defensive rookie of the year type, but his rookie season was solid, and many believed that Kendall Beckwith was actually the better linebacker than Quan Alexander. So it is it, a really tough break. Um, and just, just hope at this point, don't even care about the football stuff. You just hope for, for his sake that his life is just all right. Right, right, definitely. A tough loss there for Tampa Bay and that linebacker core. Uh, and, and something else you would mention, too, numbers moving around. So Kevin Minter moving from 41 to 51. Devin White, the rookie, moving from 41, which everybody had thought. I, I remember he announced 41, and everybody lost their minds. They're like, wow, that is such an ugly number. Um, so he is now going to be wearing number 45, uh, and one of the things that I like about that, a lot of people have pointed it out, but it's a little reverse of him and Levante David. You know what I mean? 54, 45, I can get down with that action. So uh, yeah. Get live 45. Let's do it, man. Get live 45. Let's move on here. We have got some more news in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another question mark along that defensive line. This is Gerald McCoy. Last time on the show, we also brought up Gerald McCoy. Uh, and basically, what the hell is going on in that department? Uh, right now, it's still pretty foggy, but... I've got some interesting update for you guys. So, first and foremost, just recently, Gerald McCoy made an appearance at the Dick Vitale Gala in Sarasota. That was a mouthful. But when asked about his future with the Bucks, he really didn't sound too confident. Uh, he, he basically addressed the question and said, I'll be playing football somewhere. When asked specifically about it being Tampa, he said, I don't know, we'll see, and shrugged. So right now, it's really, really hard to... I don't want to say put all of the blame on Gerald McCoy because I'm not going to say that he didn't partially do this to himself. But we had talked about before how the Bucks have kind of screwed up marketing Gerald McCoy as this Pro Bowl defensive tackle that we know he is. So I get that situation there. But again, if you are a Gerald McCoy fan, something not super promising. And uh, before I toss it over to you, Evan, one more update we have about Gerald McCoy is something that we've also talked about on the show before, and that's the possibility of the Cleveland Browns being interested. Last time we had talked about it, we said, eh, kind of dismiss it for now because there really hasn't been any talks between Browns GM John Dorsey and Bucks GM Jason Light. 
So take it with a grain of salt, but here we are a week and a half later, and the Browns are apparently still interested in Gerald McCoy. So last time we had talked about it, we dismissed it, uh, dismissed it as a rumor. There had been no discussion, things like that, but apparently they're still interested. And what we're hearing is that the Browns still view a trade as realistic, despite Gerald McCoy's $13 million salary. He's expected, I believe it's 10 years after that, or 10 mil a year after that, and like 10.5 a year after that, right? Numbers uh, um, are... Yeah, it goes down, yeah. Oh, I'm ballparking, so we'll say that. But the Browns are staying patient with it, and I commend them. They'd prefer to get him through free agency and see if the Bucks ultimately decide to release him. So if the Bucks <laughs> do release him... They'll save $13 million and take on $0 in dead money. The Bucks currently have around $1 million in cap space, while the Browns are sitting comfortable with $33 million. So, all of that to say this, Evan. Gerald McCoy and everything that's going on. Uh, I don't know, man. Your thoughts? Well, um, yeah, that rumor with Cleveland... I still don't believe that there's been any actual discussions. It's just from the Cleveland side. Cleveland's so interested in him. And, I mean, it's good reason, right? He could be a solid veteran player for a, a, a young team that is hoping to get to the playoffs. Obviously, Jerem McCoy's never been to the playoffs, but you can't tell me that he's not a good veteran to be around. Um, his $13 million is, is huge. I would be shocked if, if they traded, if the Bucks traded him to Cleveland and then he reworked his deal. Um, because that would just show that he just never wanted to be in Tampa. Because the big thing right now, the Bucks would love to have him back, but they don't want him back at $13 million. Um, Gerald McCoy does not want to play anything else but $13 million. Obviously, if he's released by the Bucks, he's going to take 13, less than $13 million because he still wants to play football. So somebody will offer, will offer him $8 million or so, maybe for like a one-year deal, and they'll likely take it. Um, but, yeah, the Browns are playing the patience game, and uh, maybe the Bucs ask for a guy like Duke Johnson uh, instead of just, you know, a fifth-round pick. Um, it would be a little bit less salary um, for the Bucks to, to have available, but, I mean, very little. Right? It wouldn't affect it that much. So um, I, I'm not sure. I think Duke Johnson might be making, like, 2 or $3 million this year. Um, so instead of having $14 million, they'd have closer to 10 but it's no big deal. Um, still enough to sign the draft picks and everything. So I believe the only draft pick unsigned is Devin White, I think. So um, that's the only thing. I, like I said, I do think I think the Bucks would like Jerome McCoy back. And I really do think the Bucks are waiting. Since for a trade partner. Well, uh, well, 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 it has nothing to do with trade. I, I think they're waiting to see, and they're waiting to make a decision on what they're going to do with Jason Bear Paul. Oh, what, what, you, you can't. The Bucks cannot go into the season without both Jason Pierre-Paul and Gerald McCoy. You got to have one or the other, right? Uh, and and if you're you're confident that Pierre-Paul is going to come back in late October or November sometime, okay, then you're you're fine with cutting Gerald McCoy and say, hey, you know, we're going to be able to last this. If you are not confident that if you think Jason Pierre-Paul is going to miss the entire 2019 season, you can't you you can't go into to the 2019 season with your defensive line being Vita Vea, Bo Allen. Uh, Shaq Barrett, Carl Nassib, and expect to get a consistent pass rusher. I mean, Joe McCoy's not a consistent pass rusher, but he's better than any of those guys, right? Uh, right, and, and and the need for a guy like Gerald McCoy to play the three-tech position is really, really important because who else on the roster 
other than Bo Allen can really do that. You know what I mean? I mean, Vita Vea maybe because he's lost some pounds, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. But um, the Bucks got to make a decision. I think that's what they're. I think they were ready to move on from Drew McCoy, and they were ready to cut him before this Jason Pierre Paul stuff came out. I, I really do. Uh, um, and actually, it wasn't even the the hospital doctors that made the mistake. It was, oh, I mean, maybe made the mistake, but that found it. It was the, the Bucks team doctors that had found that something was wrong with Jason Pierre Ball's neck. Um, Yikes. So, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I said, I think this could drag on until June. I, I, I do. Um, I think they're going to take their time and see how Jason feels about the whole thing. He's opted not to get surgery, which would mean five to six months. Um, just recovery time, and that might not even be playing football. So, Right. If the Bucks feel that Jason Pierre-Paul cannot play in the 2019 season, it would not surprise me if they cut Pierre-Paul and um, used that money to sign the draft picks and kept Drew McCoy at that $13 million figure. And it's another thing, too. You think about the possibility of even if Jason Pierre-Paul were to come back in October, uh, that'd be fine and dandy until you realize his risk of re-injury is probably going to be much higher than it would be if he just took a year off and got the surgery on his neck. So Mm -hmm. not only do you have to think about that type of situation when you make a decision regarding Gerald McCoy, like you had said, uh, there's just a risk factor to it. And it is a little scary to think about because, you know, one wrong play, one wrong blitz, or one big block where he gets pancaked, he could never play football or let alone walk ever again because you look at the severity of so many different neck injuries. I mean... Quan Alexander, simple, simple blip up the middle towards ACL. That was the last time you ever saw Quan Alexander in a Buccaneer uniform. Exactly. And, uh, think happen, on any plate, anything can happen to anyone. So if he goes out there and has a terrible injury, maybe the 49ers will overpay him next year. All right, moving on. The yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are back in the building. We had talked about it on the last show, but that was around the time rookie minicamp was getting started. Today, the Bucks held their first organized practice. We saw a yep. lot of our vets get back out there. A lot of the rookies got to practice as well. Um, so these guys are back in the building. Bruce Arians had a lot to say about it. Uh, Evan, I was going to toss this to you and just talk about basically everything rookie minicamp up until this point. Um and basically how the first day of organized workouts went. We also have an update on Vernon Hargraves the third, which we can touch on um, as soon as we get there, I guess. <laughs> kind of an interesting situation with him today. Yeah, so rookie minicamp was uh, a little, maybe a little surprising um, just because of how quickly – the defensive backs were were, were were to pick up the the system, I guess you could say. Uh, I believe it was Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean with, with interception. I think it was Jamel Dean with interceptions on the first day, and Devin White actually dropped one. Um, then the second day, Devin White got one, and the whistle had blown, they said. But if the whistle he would have Yeah, he would have taken it to the house. Yeah. Now, the, the one thing I will say, I wouldn't get too hype over that because – the Bucks, def- the Bucks draft was mostly defense, and most of the offensive guys were either undrafted free agents or tryout guys. So, you're not playing against the best competition. Um, like you, 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 they, the defense dominated, but don't 
don't read. I'm not trying to, to rain on the parade or whatever, but don't, don't get too much into that. Um, today, Devin White had an interception, I believe. Um, I don't know who threw the ball. I don't know if it was first team, second team, third team. I don't really know. Um, a lot of talk about, you know, Scotty Miller at a rookie mini champion, possibly like Deshaun Jackson type. I think it's a little bit too rich. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's a really good player. Uh, I think a lot of fans are just hoping that he can become Deshaun Jackson one day. We got to face the reality, folks. Uh, this guy's a sixth round draft pick. Uh, you know, to me, to compare him to Deshaun Jackson is, is a little silly right now. It's the headband, uh, man. It, it's the speed. It's. <laughs> uh, like I, I, just, I just think that that's a little silly right now. We'll, we'll see what happens when you get pads on and you're playing against NFL corners. And, and if he's doing that stuff in the preseason, then you might be able to compare him to Sean Jackson. But until then, let's let's pump the brakes on that. Um, yeah, uh, Matt Gay. I they from the reports they weren't really kicking much at the rookie minicamp uh, OTAs was the first day of the day, so I didn't really hear anything about that. Um, but, yeah, uh, other than that, uh, a lot of talk about possibly Nick Fitzgerald, quarterback from Mississippi State, I believe, possibly being like the Bucks' Taysom Hill if it, if it all works out. He's like a he's like a, uh, a utility-type guy. Um, other, Yeah, so if they could have somebody like Taysom Hill, a lot of teams are going to be looking for that type of guy. Uh, it's a copycat league, and maybe the Bucks have found their guy. But, yeah, uh, first day of OTAs of the day, Joe McCoy wasn't there. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, I'm not sure if he was there. Obviously, he wasn't practicing. Kendall Beckwith, not sure if he was there. Obviously, he wasn't practicing. So, uh, Bucks were indoors today. It rained uh, in Tampa. And, um, yeah, uh, didn't really hear much about the, the particular play of, of guys, except for Devin White having the interception. But, um, yeah, there was one person who didn't practice at all and didn't have <laughs> Um, really, really questionable. Uh, I'm sure Rhett wants to get into that, so I'm going to toss it over to you, bud. Yeah, so as you had said, today, first day of organized workouts for a lot of the guys returning, getting back into the building. Um, one player watched from the sidelines, and that was Vernon Hargraves III. Now, the last time you and I had checked, Vernon Hargraves III wasn't battling any type of injury other than what he had recovered from last year, but yeah. you would have thought he'd be ready to go, but he wasn't today. He watched from the sidelines today at practice, so in head coach Bruce Arians' post-practice interview, he was asked about it, uh, and he basically said, I'm not sure. You'd have to ask him about it in reference to VH3. Um, you know, this comment from him goes all the way back to him pressing that these players are going to be held accountable for what they do. I know Ryan Jensen had mentioned it today as well. He had said, you know, he kind of likes that players are being held accountable now, and maybe that's something we didn't see too much of in Dirt Cutter's Tampa Bay Bucks team, but... This goes back to him saying that. I'm upset VH3 didn't practice, but at the same time, I'm glad that it's being handled like this. Uh, you know, you hate to see something like this get so out of hand where it becomes an, an unnecessarily unnecessary problem. I need yeah. to just slow down well, and quit getting ahead of myself is what's going on there. Well, and, and the re reason we pretty much assume it's not an injury is because of Bruce Arians' response. Uh, yeah. Said, like you gotta come ready to practice. Like uh, if he was injured, he would have said, "Yeah, for Vernon, still he wasn't really feeling. Excuse me, he wasn't really feeling that great today. Still, still dealing with that labrum, so we just decided to hold him out today." He didn't say that. It's you know, 
then there was nowhere there was nowhere saying Vern Hargreaves out with injuries. So I don't know. I don't know what something happened to where he was not ready to practice. I don't know if it it could be something as dumb as he didn't have the proper gear. Like it literally could be, and he, he just wasn't able to get it in time. Like it could be that. I honestly doubt it would be he didn't feel like it because I think even if you don't feel like it, like you're still forced to visit your job. Right. So I, I don't think it's that. I, I really don't. I don't think it's just he's lazy and didn't feel like it because now he's a professional and he gets paid to do that. So yeah. And also, I mean, maybe you overlooking this a little bit. Maybe because those OTAs are still voluntary. Yeah. Uh, he's there, which is nice, but they're still voluntary. So yeah. If they're if they're mandatory, then it's a different story. Yeah. And well, that's what I said to you that if if Gerald McCoy is still on the Bucks roster, and it comes time for mandatory OTAs, I think Gerald McCoy is going to stay on the Bucks roster. But um, yeah, he's not there because it's voluntary. So yes, it's not a good look for Vernon Hargraves. It, it's not right. It's not a good look, but especially for a make or break year for this for this guy. But it, you got to remember that just because you're there, um, I mean. You should practice, but I guess you don't have to. Is the way he, he's looking at it, right? He's yeah, there. like it. At least, at least he's showing up. But uh, here's something I wanted to say. Kind of, if you're if you're enough to show up, you should be able to practice. That should be ab- an issue. Absolutely, I I see what you mean. Um, but to kind of segue off of what you had said, you had brought up. You know, a lot of people might be overlooking this, and that's something that I want to make clear really quickly is that. You know, scrolling down Facebook and Twitter, I've already seen so many outlets saying, oh, VH3 didn't practice today, Gerald McCoy hasn't been there, what's going on in one buck? Is it, Are things spiraling out of control? Is this all drama? No, it's not. Like you said, Evan, these are voluntary workouts. Yes, we should probably be concerned if he was there and he didn't practice, but this is... I'm just going to guess right now, and this could be a freezing cold take here in a week and a half, but I don't think this is going to develop. I think we're going to see Vernon Hargraves III practice within the next week and a half, and things are going to be fine. It's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. You know, He's going to put the pads on. He's going to come out tomorrow. He's going to do what he needs to do. He's probably going to address the media and let them know, hey, this is why I didn't practice yesterday, if we haven't already heard from him now, because I don't think that we have. I don't think so. But this is something that Bucks fans and Bucks news outlets in particular need to stop overlooking because this is what causes arguments during the offseason. And I don't know about you guys listening. I don't know about you, Evan, but I'm tired of it because this is the time of year where things get boring and rumors start to fly. And it's just not fun for anybody because it spreads misinformation. And that's where we get the Facebook Buccaneers fans from. All right. So here we go. Talking about minicamp as well. Let's not freak out about things just yet. We have got a lot of time to figure it out. And um, as we said on the last show, don't get your panties in a bunch. We got time. We have time. Gerald McCoy doesn't have to be traded tomorrow. We're good. Thumbs up. We're good. At the end of the day, when it comes to this new policy, though, that Bruce Arians has implemented about uh, players taking accountability, we're going to see a weeding process um, in the sense of who's going to do it Bruce Arians way or not. I, I think we're going to see something happen, not necessarily a big blown up conflict, but maybe another guy who doesn't practice and has to answer for it and doesn't really want to talk to the media. You never know how things are going to play out, but I think this is going to be something a lot of guys in that locker room are going to have to get used to. B.A. is a different coach. 
He's bringing something different to the field, uh, to the locker room, to the organization. And, I mean, if any problems should come up, we should know who to blame fairly quickly, right? <laughs> so, for me, this no-nonsense approach is is step number one for changing the culture here in Tampa Bay. Because we've been saying that forever. So, uh, so let's just do it now, right? Yeah, I mean, culture is literally one of the top things that winning... There's a reason that the Patriots just let everybody walk every offseason and they're able to still win because they have a winning culture. And um, that's been the problem in Tampa for years now. And uh, you don't you don't really you don't really want too much of a disciplinarian because that's Greg Ciano and you know, you don't want your players to, to hate you. So you want a, a little you want you want a mix between Greg Ciano and um Lovey Smith, basically. Like you, you wanna, you wanna be a disciplinarian, but you also wanna try to be a player's coach. And Dirk Cutter tried to do that, and I believe he was that his first season. But somewhere towards, the, I, and I think it had to do with the guys like Deshaun Jackson, T.J. Ward, Chris Baker. Somewhere in between there, in between the the 2016 off season, 20 start of 2017 season, it stopped, and he had just let things get out of control and let the players do too much. And that's, right. that's I think, and Arians has shown a, a history of not letting that stop. Like, he keeps it up. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's definitely important. Um, I mean, Belichick isn't going to – I mean, he's not going to be your, your best friend, but he's also not going to be your worst enemy, you know. So I think that's that's how Bruce Arians coaches. And um, if, you, if, you, if you're a good player, he's going to love you, right? And, um, but, I mean, he always says – I don't hate you as a person. It's just your football sucks. Right. Like you're not good on the football field. That doesn't mean you're not a good person. Like James, like James, what was that? Right. Like I, I love you as a person, but that was a horrible throw. Like, right. like, like, like stuff like that. Like, you know, so we might love Vernon as a person, but right there, that's, they need him to practice and he wasn't there. So that's, that's disappointing. But, um, we'll, we'll definitely, you'll definitely see a difference in Tampa and, um, also another thing about the accountability said the ping pong tables are gone. Yeah, I was, I was just about to mention that I was actually going to say one of the big changes we've seen is one of the biggest complaints that I've heard everybody had at one point in time, uh, was the ping pong tables because you would have, wow. you'd have post game interviews where, you know, the Bucks had just taken a terrible loss and a player's like, yeah, you know, we didn't go out there and execute. And in the background, you hear guys goofing off playing ping pong. I couldn't, I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear what the player was. I and some. I I think I quoted one of the things and said that like I can't hear anything. So all I hear is ping pong. <laughs> um, so ping pong table's gone. Basketball hoop's gone. Uh, training camp, no music. Um, there'll be no no music at training camp, which is kind of a bummer because I it, I, I, I like the man. The I, re- the- I remember uh, I remember last year our buddy Trevor when he was with Pewter Report he had made a playlist. Of all the yep. different songs that the Bucks had played at training camp, and it was like, oh man, with those songs, he would have sworn we were going to go sixteen and zero. That sucks. We won't hear any bangers out there this year. Yeah, and and he said that that maybe every now and then that there will be music, right? So if it's maybe be, like one, maybe like once a week or something in training camp, you'll have, you'll have a music day or something. It'll be yacht rock day for Bruce Arians. But, He'll show up in his flip flops. <laughs> but. It's, <laughs> Every day now, and then that's that's what he feels is a big part of the culture. He probably watched that practice film from training camp last year. And was like, what? Like, I can't even hear the calls because 
the the music so loud. Yeah, it, it probably got him got him upset. So um, for now, no music. I think eventually there will be some music. It just won't be as consistent. And maybe when the team, maybe Bruce Arians made. We I don't know, but maybe he made the team a deal. Hey, you, if you guys win, you know, if you guys win your your first five games the the basketball who comes back if you guys win your first 10 games the ping pong table comes back if you, if you guys if you guys keep winning after that the music comes back and it may be like that you know yeah and uh, that's that's the thing are, too is like when it comes to when it comes to these incentives in the locker room like playing ping pong or having a basketball hoop you know I, i'm not going to be the guy that says oh you know these guys are professional athletes who are being played to pay uh, who are being paid to play a game don't let them have any fun i'm not saying that but when you're a team who's been faced with losing season after losing season, I feel like to have a little bit of extra fun at the expense of your team, you should have to earn it. So let's let's uh, let's hopefully see let's hopefully see something there's like no, that happen. There's no issues with having fun. It's like like they have lives. They are a human. They they like to have, mess around a little bit. The, the right. Seahawks, like Rich Robin said, like the the year the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, they had a ping pong table in their locker room. Okay, the Seahawks win. So. There's no issues. If the Bucks were a ten and sixteen last year, nobody would care about hearing a ping pong table in the background during a post game interview after they just crushed the team thirty four to ten. Nobody would care. Right. Problem is that they keep losing, and these things somehow just don't. You know. So they don't. They nothing gets nothing gets resolved. Right. Now, while we're on the topic of changing the culture here in Tampa Bay, this next topic doesn't really have anything to do with changing the culture, per se, but it has to do with a very controversial topic among Bucks fans, and that is our starting franchise quarterback, Jameis Winston. Um, you saw the video. I saw the video. Everyone else saw the video. Let's talk about this really quick before we wrap things up, because we are going to do a shorter show today. Let's talk about this Jameis Winston situation. So if you guys have not seen the video, Evan, oh, you were chomping at the bit to say something. I'm going to toss this to you. Give me one second. If you guys have not seen the video, Jameis Winston is sitting down crisscrossed in a Buccaneers polo. He has got a bright orange helmet strapped on his head. This is a BMX helmet, very reinforced. Wouldn't say it's an NFL-grade helmet, but if something bad happened, he probably could have taken a blow to the head. He had a helmet on, had a golf tee and a golf ball sticking out at the top of that helmet. And pro golfer, I don't remember the name, took a shot with a driver off of Jameis's head. Now, normally, you would say, that sounds terrible. And yeah, I can kind of agree with you. But at the end of the day, we have to realize it was for charity. One, that doesn't really matter. If you're defending him or not defending him for making dumb moves off the field, that part doesn't matter. But he was safe about it. Nothing bad happened. And it's behind us. So we just have to take that for what it is. Evan, Evan, you look like you're about to explode, man. What's on your mind? This is so stupid. Okay. Slow news season. It's idiotic. It's idiotic. Okay. The dude's a professional. This is, he, he hit the golf ball off James's head. Did you actually think he was going to miss it? Miss the ball? No. Oh, and and that's that's the thing that that's the thing that I think drives it home for me the most is the fact that he did this, nothing bad happened, and people are still upset over it. It's not like it's him and his cousin in his backyard. Right. 
like it's a professional golfer. He does this for like a living. Like he's like a trick shot golfer. He's not like a normal PGA golfer. He does trick shots. He's used to it. And it was on a golf fairway. I, I don't. It's so stupid. <laughs> so a couple years ago, Tom Brady jumped off of a cliff. Do you remember that? Nobody cares. Do so. you remember the backlash that he had for it? I don't. I know you don't either, uh, because there was none. So, I mean, also in his defense, because he has five, a, he probably had five rings at the time. But. Yeah, but even then, if any other quarterback in the NFL had done this, if Dak Prescott, if Cam Newton, if Matt Ryan, maybe, if Kirk Cousins, maybe Cam. The media seems to hate Cam. <laughs> but if any other quarterback in the NFL had done this. It'd be posted all over the NFL social media. And you know how trendy they are? They try to be. They, they take videos from a bunch of different players and stuff they're doing. And they'll add a dumb caption. Like, there was one thing they posted the other day of DK Metcalf running a simple out route at practice while jogging. And they're like, DK Metcalf looking like a monster at minicamp. And he took, like, three steps and Buck, caught an out route. Buck, Buck Social Media does that, too, because Sean Murphy Bunting, they post the video. Uh, <laughs> he ain't Sean messing around. Murphy. Something, yeah, he ain't playing around. Dude, he would just backpedal three steps and caught the ball. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I, so, I thought it was like a one-on-one I thought it was a one-on-one drill where he ended up with a pick, and it was nothing. Like, right, we'd see him go I, one-on-one I with Mike Evans and come away with a pick six or something? Nah, but... but I, I could have I done exactly what he did, and <laughs> it wouldn't have been a big deal. <laughs> so at the end of the day... This Jameis Winston situation, we all have to take a look at ourselves and we all have to take a look at the situation and realize he had a helmet on. The golfer was a professional who does it for a living. Nothing bad happened. I don't know if you guys yeah. need to like hear that a little bit more, but nothing bad happened. If Jameis got a concussion and couldn't practice until preseason, that'd be different. But nothing bad happened. And another thing I wanted to point out as well, you look back at the video, Jameis didn't flinch at all. That man has got ice in his veins, which makes me feel great about this oh. upcoming season, by the way. Um, no, I mean, was it the smartest thing in the world? Like, when you're thinking it through, maybe not. I'll, I'll, I will give the, the, the people that are hating on this credit there, okay? Maybe it, it is not the 100% smartest because it it, it's dead, right? It is pretty off the wall. Like, that yeah, showed up on my feed one morning, and I was like, what the hell? Yeah, it's not it's not very smart, but what are you going to say? Are you going to let um, – so you're going to hate Jameis for that, but you're going to be okay with Devin White riding a horse? Right. You're going to those things. I don't, I don't understand. You're going to let Mike Evans keep dunking the basketball and stuff? Okay. I, 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 don't, I, I don't understand. You can get injured. The, the, the Chiefs said, wrote in Patrick Mahomes' contract now that he can't play basketball. Like, yeah. And yeah, he's not, a, he's not allowed to do anything, man. He's not allowed to, like, go bowling. Prison. It's crazy. That's like, prison. Like, oh, bowling, I can almost understand. Being a Sixers fan. Um, Damn, sorry, buddy. Uh, okay, I shouldn't have said The quadruple doink? Not up. Um, being a Sixers fan, they had a player, Andrew Bynum, who they had traded for, uh, in like 2012 and, um, he had, was injured and it was okay. And he was just about to recover from the injury and he injured himself while bowling. Like, I, I don't, I don't understand. So ever since then, yeah, I've had an issue with, with athletes bowling, but, 
Um, yeah. Unless so, it's our boy Donovan Smith doing it for charity. Yeah. So uh, I, I support that 100%. But, um, I mean, yeah, should James have been maybe a little bit smarter? Sure. But or is this something – it happened, it's over. Is this something that you, you should be talking about two weeks after the fact? No. No. So all of that to say this, we'll wrap up with this because I know you got to get out of here. Um, I just want to say that we're in a position now as fans where – things are coming to the point where we're going to decide who's on our team this coming season and who's not. Uh, At the end of the day, if you're a fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, unless you want to be miserable the entire season, you might as well just start supporting the guys on our team. That's the only thing we can do. If you want to do your part and help this organization, you want to see a change in the culture, which is something we've talked about countless times. Bruce Arians looks to bring that to the table. He's not going to be able to do it with everybody bitching and moaning that they should have drafted Josh Allen in the draft. So, right now, things are starting to shake up the roster. You look at Gerald McCoy. You look at JPP's injury. You look at Kendall Beckwith being out. Even if you want to go as far as looking at Vernon Hargraves not practicing today, which I had said is not going to be a big deal. At the end of the day, we have to support who's on this team. If you don't like Bruce Arians and what he's done so far, what he's bringing to the table, you can go ahead and jump ship. If you think Devin White's going to be a bust and we should have drafted Josh Allen, you can go ahead and jump ship. If you don't have belief, at least for a season, that Jameis Winston has the potential to be our franchise quarterback, this is the first franchise quarterback the Bucs have legitimately had in a long time. We haven't, we haven't signed him to a fifth year yet, but... Well, I, I mean, would, I would at least wait until midseason before you make any judgments. Well, yeah, but it's you still. I mean, if he I, I goes out there and balls out, and, and somebody I, wants to hate on him week after week, it's just they're going to be miserable. And and frankly, I'm going to tell you, right, by midseason, you're going to have a good idea on if this team's drafting Justin Herbert or, or, or Tua next year, or whether they're giving James a long contract by. By week 9, week 10, you're going to have a good idea. Exactly. And a lot of the people who want to jump on, uh, jump on us and say that, you know, we can only say good things about Jameis Winston, I will be the first one to complain about Jameis Winston if he goes into a game and throws two or three interceptions, which we have seen him do so many times in the past. So if he comes out this season, if he comes out this what season if- and shits the bed, then I'll be the first one to complain about it and say that we need to look forward to drafting a new quarterback next year, but... Let's see how things go, and let's support the guys we have. The biggest thing is, okay, you don't have to like a player on a team, right? You you don't have to like every player and think every player is great. But what you shouldn't do is you shouldn't want them to fail just to prove your point, right? Um, that you you could hate Jameis Winston, that's fine, but you should want Jameis Winston to do well because that's what's best for your organization. It, you know, there there could be some people inside one buck right now that aren't really big Jameis Winston fans, but they want Jameis Winston to do well because that rides on their job. Um, like any Bucks fan, there's got a lot of Bucks fans that don't like Winston, but any Bucks fan that wants Winston to fail isn't a real fan. Um, they're just somebody that wants their opinion only and their opinion to be right, uh, no, no matter what. So. All the people that want Justin Herbert and, and or Tua, guess what? That's going to require a top five pick. So 
you want to win. You want to win this year, but yet you still want a, a different. You still want one of those top guys. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. It does, it does not work that way. You can have it one way or the other. If you win, you're going to have a late draft pick. It's that's just what it is. Um, you know, Jameis Winston. If you lose, Jameis Winston will be gone because if Jameis Winston plays great, you're not going to lose many games. Right. Still lose some because the defense is still inexperienced. Uh, and there's still some holes on the offense, offensive line, possibly running back. Uh, and injuries can always happen. But if James Winston plays good and you lose, you know, that's a rare case. And I don't think that's likely. It's either James Winston plays good and you win or James plays bad and you lose. Right. I don't are in a bad spot here with Winston because if they can get rid of him next year and have $60 million in cap space and have a top five pick and get Justin Herbert and, and everything's hunky-dory and you can have uh, Justin Herbert to pair with Mike Evans and uh, O.J. Howard. You can trade Cameron Bray for more cap space. You can go after some big-time free agents and there you go. You're, you're back in the game. So um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, just support the players. You don't have to love them, but you shouldn't want them to fail is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, and you, you hit the nail right on the head. Support the players. Don't wish they fail so you can be right on some argument on social media. And let's get behind this team. As fans... It's perfectly fine being wrong, guys. Like, yeah, we've been I'm wrong before. Wrong. <laughs> so, you hit the nail right on the head. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for listening or watching, whether it's on YouTube iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Podbean.com. You can follow the show on social media at Cannon Fire Podcast. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Twitter is Cannon Fire Pod. You can follow my co-host Evan at Bucks Wave, formerly Bucks Football, on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you check out our partners at PewterReport.com for some of the best Bucks coverage in the game. And last but not least, make sure you check out our sponsors, the East Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Youth Football Team, sponsored and located out of Riverview, Florida. Right now, registration is open. They are looking for teams, mostly looking for cheer coaches and cheerleaders, but they sponsor that ages 5 to 15. You can go register now. Thing is open. EastBayBucks.org. Until next time, I am Rhett, signing off for Evan, and we'll catch you next time. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.